This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy you're here. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It is my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories and wisdom. This thing called life can be challenging, and the stories that are shared demonstrate that no matter what you have gone through, you can choose happiness. Since in the United States, Mother's Day is in May, I want to dedicate this episode to all of the amazing moms out there. I recently wrote an article sharing my three steps to alleviate mom guilt for a local magazine, and I thought I would share some of it with you. So mom guilt is a common theme that all mothers share. It doesn't matter what choices we make regarding our children, we still get that pesky feeling that we could be doing more for our kids. I read an article from Psychology Today that said, mom guilt can be a good thing if it serves as a gentle reminder that our actions toward our children matter. But if guilt is your primary emotion, it can negatively impact your parenting. It is also important to remember that kids will test their their mom and it's normal and to recognize that all children will have challenges no matter what kind of mom they have. So here are my three steps that I use whenever I start to feel this mom guilt, which by the way, I didn't even realize it was a thing until I started researching this article. But I also use these steps to help me anytime a negative emotion surfaces because we're human and they're going to keep coming up. So first is feel the feelings. What you are feeling is real and it's absolutely normal. As humans, it is in our DNA to protect ourselves. It's the fight or flight response that we are all wired with. So give yourself a break and feel the emotion. It's okay to feel this way, and you are perfectly human to be experiencing this. Second, ask yourself, is this true? Am I a bad mother? So unless you're you know, leaving your small children unattended at 10 p.m. to go bar hopping, you're not, a, you're not a bad mom, okay? All you're doing is making up a story that is not true. When I say making up a story, what I'm referring to is that voice in your head that wants to shame you, make you wrong, make you feel guilty, and so on. Third, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for the guilt that you are feeling or any other negative emotion that may be surfacing. I recently was reintroduced to an ancient Hawaiian healing practice, and I found it to be such a very powerful way to forgive yourself. So to forgive yourself, say to yourself, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. So if you would like to learn more about this topic and how to work with me personally, please visit sandyscarlotta.com to schedule a free call and also to get access to a free digital copy of my book, Happiness Solved. I also invite you to join my growing community by texting me at area code 703-420-3472 to receive daily inspirational messages. Again, that number is 703-420-3472. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you enjoy it. Today's guest is Trevor Lynch. 
After living through two near-death experiences, international personal development coach Trevor Lynch realized he was offered a rare look at life from the outside in, as if he was looking through a window at his lifelong fears, anxieties, and everything else that had been holding him back. He discerned that life was far too short to live without the confidence and self-esteem necessary to realize his dreams, and wrote his newest book, Yes, You Freaking Can, to aid others in overcoming a damaging mindset. This is so great, and I hope you enjoy it. Trevor, hello. It's so great to see you. How are you today? Sandy, I'm great. Um, almost the end of the day. And yeah. um, I'm sitting here in a nice, quaint little village on the east of France um, in the wine region. So it's almost So wine what part of the region is it? Like what region are you in? Alsace. So it's famous for white wines mainly, Rieslings, um, okay. Pinot Gris, Pinot Blanc, Gerbert Straminer. And then you have what I would call a false red, which is a Pinot Noir. Um, I agree. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, you know, if you like, it's a really nice place. Though if you like wine, it's a dangerous place to live, I guess. <laughs> yeah, my husband and I, my husband's a, I would say he's kind of a wine connoisseur when it comes to Bordeaux's mm-hmm. and, um, and any reds from, um, from Napa. But that's really it. Like we haven't really expanded. Um, I, he has spoiled me when it comes to fine red wine, because you can't go back. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But um, in two thousand was it two thousand fifteen? We flew into Paris, rented a car, drove down to Bordeaux, and rented a chalet for a week, and it was just incredible. It was really incredible. Very nice. I haven't been yeah. to that, that part of the country yet. Um, and I guess I spent so many years here tasting the white wines. Now I'm gone to the other end of the spectrum over to the reds. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. I, I mean, it's just incredible. Um, yeah. And this summer, I'm taking my first trip out to Napa. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Actually, the village where I live is surrounded by vineyards, um, which is great at the weekends or even on lunch when working from home. Just take a break and have a nice little small hike around the vineyards. Um, I find it great for thinking things through, you know, just emptying my brain sometimes as well. And um, yeah, I find that's where a lot of ideas come, just movement and no people around really so you you're not distracted yeah. by people talking or something like this and um yeah a very what's the word i'm looking for i've been living here so long I, i'm losing my english actually um <laughs> no but it's very grounding and, and very much uh, resort you know, re- builds back up a certain type of resource inside i, I find mm-hmm. yeah well the earth the earth has so many um positive electrons that actually when you stand on the dirt or grass in bare feet, it pulls negativity out of you. All right. So Trevor, everybody has a story. 
So what is your story? What is your backstory? Where did you, how did you get to where you are today? In regards to being an author in that space? Yeah. Yeah. Just in general, because we all have a story. We have a story that, you know, has gotten us to where we are today. Yeah, that's true. Um, So if you haven't placed the accents, I'm Irish um, from a town called Cork. No, I didn't. No, I was thinking you were French. (laughs) No, no, no. Though I've lived here since 2001. Um, I thought I still had a touch of the Irish brogue, but maybe I'm losing it. And um, so in 2001, I moved to France. I have two daughters here. That's the reason I moved in the first place with my now ex-wife. And um, that's the reason why I stayed around this part of the world as well. So I... Professionally, I came from a more technical background. Um, I used to manage people, manage teams, manage processes. And then I got into the space of people development, which is where I still am. Um, Developing people leaders and helping, I guess, in my day job, let's say, helping professionals with some of their software skills, let's say, on emotional intelligence and their communication skills, etc. Um, huh. And in 2018, after many years studying personal development um, and experimenting with it and what works and coaching people with it, I thought, you know what? I have something to offer. I know it works. And I should put it down on paper. So I started that in 2018, um, was sidetracked for a moment. Then I had an accident, in two accidents actually in 2019. Um, the first accident had me taking a Superman type fall flight, short flight off my bike and had two arms in the cast. And about a week later in a Paris hotel, I drank from a bottle that I thought contained water because it was an avian water bottle. But in fact, the cleaning lady had let a multi-surface cleaning fluid in the water bottle in the hotel. Oh, my God. And um, so I thought, well, I wasn't sure if I would be still there, still alive, let's say, a few minutes later. No, it was a... um, wasn't an acid burn, it was the opposite, it was an alkaline burn, and which takes which takes a while. Mm. So I ended up 10 hours in the in accident emergency. My two arms were still in cast from the bike fall. <laughs> and uh, oh my goodness. I you know came out the other side, and long story short. And after I came out the other side, I thought, okay, I'm still here for a reason. What's the reason? And right. one thing I was convinced of is that, look, okay, um, helping others is part of my mission, part of my purpose. And one of the ways I can do that is to put on paper what I believe works for anyone to be at their best when they most need to be. And that can be after a life challenge or it can be um, for a specific event. And um, yeah, so that's that's what I did. And I was even more convinced of it 
after being hospitalized at the end of last year with COVID. And same. Oh, thing. wow. It was touch and go for a few days, not showing, not know, not knowing, I guess, if I would pull through it or not. So coming out the end of that, I'm almost sure, okay, I'm definitely still here for a reason. And if I was a cat, I'd probably have six, seven lives left, you know. Um, <laughs> and now, so I had my book, Yes, You Freaking Can, published in February. And where I get most energy, to be honest, and is going live with it, being live in front of the groups, like I was this afternoon, to bring people into the space of reflecting on certain things, you know, goals they want to achieve or what's a challenging situation for them and bringing them through certain techniques that just helps them to um, step up and kind of release some of that potential they have inside, but they also have this inner critic that's pulling them backwards. So mm. not sure if I answered your question in the right direction, but <laughs> you can tell me. No, that's awesome. And I'm so sorry you've had to go through all of this. Um, so your book is called Yes, You Freaking Can. I love it. Yes. Is that I that's almost, the name of your book? Yes, I have one here next to me. I had to order some yesterday. I almost called it something else. I won't say what, but with it with, with a swear word, another swear word in the title. Um, I <laughs> let's say for certain reasons um so the title is not maybe doesn't maybe speak to the content the subtitle does the subtitle is be better than you thought possible when you most need to that's really Mm, love it that's really that's really great so what is the one thing if you could take one important point out of your book what is that message that you'd like to share I can think of one thing. So I came out of a workshop earlier on. You were talking to this, so that's what comes to mind. It's realize that there are things that you've achieved in your life or that you've come through in your life that at one point you didn't think it was possible for you to do so. When you realize that, you can project it forward and something that you think right now is not possible for you. Using what you've learned from what you've done in the past, flip your mind and say, well, why wouldn't this be possible if that was, and I thought that was impossible at certain point in time. So you're just, just realizing that we have some side of us that's more than what we realize and we've all demonstrated that in the past i'm sure you have achieved things in your life whereby at certain at a certain point in your life you thought no i could never do that but you did it or you became it right so what what message does it give you about your life and about your potential it's just we have this potential inside and we're telling ourselves these stories around why it's not possible. So I think just realizing, you know, we've come through challenges. I mean, people have come out the other end of COVID. 
I would never would have thought, for example, so this is a village, like I said, and we had lockdowns here for, which were pretty, pretty strict. One kilometer for one hour was what we were allowed out every day. Um, and I live alone here. My daughters don't live too far away, but I live in this village by myself. And it's more or less, it was more or less a ghost town. And I probably spent mm. eight, 10 weeks going through this and kind of sitting here alone in this, in this ghost town. Did I ever think I would be capable of that and not go crazy? No, right? So we've all come through challenging times and the fact that we're still here means we're more resilient than what we think, as an example. Or we've achieved some, uh, some goals in our life or went for something that we didn't think was possible. So, you know, listen to the you who's done that take a message from that version of you and then project that message into your near future to say, okay, I realize I do have more potential. I'm probably just holding myself back. Um, I've done this in the past. Yeah. I can do it again. Going forward. That would be. Well, we are our own worst enemy. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Look, I just had a, I just had a group of 35 professionals for about one and a half hours, okay? These are people that are really great at what they do. They're in the medical field. I asked them, what are you better at? Criticizing yourself or complimenting yourself? There was one person in the room said he was better at complimenting himself. Everybody else said they're better at criticizing mm. themselves. Now, these were highly trained professionals with masters and PhDs, okay? Um, some of the best in the world at what they do. And they're still so critical. Now, I think this voice of ours that can be critical has a use. But when it's overused, obviously, it's going to pull us back. I'll give you an example, um, Sandy. If you speak to somebody, and let's say you're not in the best mood, you're tired, you're cranky, and it could be one of your kids, it could be a partner come over and they say something, and you speak to them in a way that's not very nice. That critical voice inside is very useful saying, you know what, that wasn't so nice, right? You know, go and make it up and try to speak nicer in the future, right? So it has a use. But when it's telling you, when you're going into an important meeting or you're going on a first date or whatever it is, and that voice is telling you, hmm, don't know if you're good enough, right? Or remember the time that you messed up that, that meeting or that presentation like 10 years ago, right? Um, or thinking that, or telling yourself that, look, mm, you're too old or you're too young or whatever it is, then it's not useful. Then it's counterproductive. So it's like a lot of things. There's, it's, it's, it can be useful, but in certain contexts, not at all. Right. No, I totally agree I with you. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And it's, it's so true. I mean, we, that critical voice, you know, I think, you know, it goes back to um, how our brains are wired to protect us, but that goes back to, right, the fight or flight. Exactly. You know, when, when, 
Right. <laughs> but the difference is, is, you know, it's still there. It's always going to be there, but it's discerning, you know, and knowing when it's going to benefit you and when it's not. So Trevor, you're, where can people find your book? Amazon is a good place, or they can go to my website, Trevor Lynch. So T-R-E-V-O-R-L-Y-N-C-H.net. And um, you can find some more details there as well and have some links to other social media that I use. Fantastic. So is there anything else before we close up that you'd like to share with the audience that you haven't talked about today? Going back to the example I gave you a little bit about us criticizing ourselves more than complimenting ourselves. I think there are two extremes. I think there's an extreme of having very, very low self-esteem and the other extreme is being arrogant. You know, they're, they're like two, mm. two sides of the same thing. And extremes in most things are not, are not good. So realizing and firstly being consciously aware of your qualities and strengths as a person is really key. Um, and realizing what you've achieved in your life, big or small, and why you're proud of achieving those certain things. Um, so firstly, being consciously aware of them, which most people are not really, you know, I haven't met a group yet where, yeah, we've done this before. We've written out all of the things that were really, uh, that we like and love and appreciate about ourselves and what we've, you know, achieved in our lives and are proud of. No. <clears throat> so doing it in a conscious way, I think, is a first level. But what holds us back is not normally our conscious voice, it's the subconscious voice. So then bringing that in through different forms, forms, for example, of visualization into the subconscious, which is in effect our autopilot. And kind of programming our autopilot with what we believe our qualities to be, and there are certain ways of doing it, um, will help you bring up that level of self-esteem. And when somebody leaves you or an organization lets you go or something like this happens, you know that, look, it's not just you. It's more often just a fit. You know, I wasn't the right fit for this organization or this manager or this person. And knowing that it's not you helps you to bounce back and not be so impacted by it. So just bringing your level of self-esteem up to, to that point where, fine, I am, I'm fine with myself. I'm good in my skin. I'm good in my sneakers or whatever they say in French, if I translate it. Um, that's a strong place to be, I find. Yeah, so, and, and for it, sure. It doesn't, take, it doesn't take very much. You, you can do it in less than, less than 30 minutes. You can do the whole thing and get yourself to this place where, okay, I'm fine. I realize my value as a person. And if it's not this organization or this manager or this person who uh, is the right fit and who values me for who I am, it's just the wrong fit. And there's somebody else out there or it's another organization out there who 
I will fit better with, be more um, complimentary, let's say, and um, and not put yourself in the question so much when something like that happens. So I just find that very powerful. And I think I wrote the book for people who are regular folks, not those, not those people who are like super confident, who can do everything or think they can do everything and know a lot. Really people who find challenges in certain parts of their life. And this just helps them through it and helps them to mm. or go into a space and they're more confident about themselves when they go into that certain situation or event um, and show up as their best self and not show up kind of um, in a way that they look back and thought, could have done better or should have done better. No, you're, you take this um, certain techniques will get you into that space so your brain will work with you and not pull you back. Not sure if that's mm. the question. Because I, don't I know love it. Question was anymore, Sally. <laughs> it's all right. That's all right. No, I just, I just wanted you to. Was there any final words? And and that was beautiful. And and I love it because it's usually it's not about us. <laughs> no. So usually. thank you so much for joining me. T- yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today, Trevor. It was absolutely a pleasure. And I, I, ever in France, I'll definitely look you up. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay, thank you, Sandy. You can learn more about Trevor on his website, which is trevorlynch.net. And that will also be in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening today. As always, I hope that you and your family are safe and healthy and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.